on this thing all the way live. High Frequency Radio. Okay. Everybody on uh, Blog Talk? All right, let me get a mic check real quick. Mic check, mic check, mic check. Somebody said, are you spiritually grounded? I know. Did somebody just really ask me that question? Are you, are you talking to me one man, one love? Don't take it, abuse the fact that I said, you know, I allowed everybody to comment and they're not a subscriber. So I'm going to ask you a question. Are you a subscriber to my channel, first and foremost? Because I'm allowing y'all to comment even though y'all are not subscribers. So won't y'all do something for me and hit the like button and then subscribe to the channel. And I'll be more than happy to answer your question. Call a quid pro quo. Do something for me and I'll do something for you. All right. Okay, Mike, good. All right, we got everything good. Everything good on blog talk. Okay, I see y'all calling in. We're going to get to the blog talk in a little bit. And somebody said, am I spiritually grounded? Uh, Yes, I am. I'm firmly grounded. Do you understand what the word spiritual means? Would be my first question. It means that I understand what the laws are. I understand that I am a God and that the way that I think, okay, thoughts become things, and that I am the God of everything around me, and there's no outside influence that I'm allowing to influence me. All right? That's what I mean when I say spiritually grounded. Now, I don't know what you mean when you think of the word spiritually grounded. You may mean something else. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Check, 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 okay. Mike is good. All right, let's go. No, I haven't read, read a court case about a Patrick King or anything like that. I'm, but I'm going to get to the topic today. All right, topic of this story is why do I need to be do a secure party process? Why do I need to do this? I think that um, in today's climate, we can see very clearly that there is a need for some sort of communication between you and your federal government, all right? Um, it's not even the government that I believe is doing everything. It's the media that we're contending with. The media is giving everybody this, um, um, you know, poisoning this, this fear on everyone. But, you know, uh, you know, there are some ways to assuage that. Being spiritually grounded, of course, is the first and foremost um, way that you are going to attack this particular system, is that you have to be spiritually grounded. And somebody just posed the question, are you spiritually grounded? And people pose that question without qualifying things, because my understanding of spirituality and your understanding of spirituality may be two different things. You know, my understanding of spirituality doesn't have anything to do with religion doesn't have anything to do with religion, right? It, has, it means an understanding of who I am, 
not some belief that there's some invisible man up in a cloud that if I petition him hard enough, he's going to hear my prayer and come and answer it, you know, or that I violated some sort of covenant or something to that effect. The covenant that you have violated is that you started worshiping things outside of yourself. You started becoming idol worshipers. You started becoming I-D-O-L worshipers and I-D-L-E worshipers. You started becoming both of those kind of worshipers. Okay, first of all, if you want to get a platinum membership, you can sign up on my website at sbcuniversity.com. Um, I'm not answering customer service questions here. If you want a customer service question, you can uh, email admin at sbcuniversity.com. This is not customer service. That is disrespectful. Do not ask me no customer service questions on this channel. I have in my, um, in my description, I have links to the different websites, and you can contact us at admin at SBC University if you have any questions regarding SBC University. This is not the platform for you to ask questions. This is not a customer service channel, all right? I want to make that clear. Okay, let's see. All right, okay, yes, you have been very, very much appreciated. Okay, and watch your language in the chat. We do have um, uh, blockers on the channel, so if you use any profanity or anything like that, your message is probably not going to be seen, all right, unless that I approve it. So watch your, watch your verbiage. Try to keep it clean. Keep it respectful in the channel because I don't want to have to go back and start approving messages and things of that nature. Let's all be respectful and you know, enjoy the show. All right, and what else we got in here? Let's see. All right, why do I need to become a secured party? That is the question that, you know, I pose today on this channel. Then I'm going to go to the, um, um, to the phone lines. Uh, phone line is a little bit different today. We are broadcasting simultaneously on Blog Talk Radio. Um, Blog Talk Radio is where I started out at. That's why the name of my channel is High Frequency Radio. Um, the link to Blog Talk, I believe it should be in the description. If you got an email, it's in it, but it's blogtalkradio.com forward slash high frequency. Um, that is uh, my radio station, so you can go over there, and you can listen there as well if you want to. You can just go on the Internet and just listen. If you're just riding, um, you can listen here or YouTube. So we're simultaneously broadcasting on both of those channels, just FYI. Likewise, if you are on Blog Talk, you can go over to um, High Frequency Radio on YouTube and catch the show there, as well as, you know, see the live stream, because we're actually live streaming video on uh, YouTube. So you can go over there. You can look in the description of, this, uh, of the Blog Talk, and you can find the link that will get you over to YouTube. Let's get the likes up, everyone. Uh, the likes up, you know, that affects my analytics. I appreciate the like. Please subscribe also because I am going to be in the future only allowing people who have a subscription or who are subscribers to comment on my channels. Uh, YouTube has added that feature. I like that feature very much. Um, and, you know, because you want to comment, but you don't want to subscribe, you know, it's a quid pro quo thing. So make sure you like, comment, and subscribe on this particular channel. Now back to 
what we were just talking about. And real quick, I want to see something real quick. Now, that's it. That's cool. All right. Why do I need to become a secure party? Okay, I'm going to try to explain this um, as succinctly as possible. Okay, this is based off of my research, what I've researched. Okay, what I've researched is that um, everything that you are dealing with as it relates to the government, commercial in nature in some kind of way. And it has a lot to do with the fact that there is no money. It has a lot to do with the fact that there is no money. When they took gold and silver away, they kind of forced you into another jurisdiction, into a Federal Reserve jurisdiction. The Federal Reserve, of course, is not a, it's a private bank. It's not even a governmental entity, okay? But you kind of forced into using Federal Reserve notes and in being forced to use their system to engage in commerce, um, which was not constitutionally mandated money. So they had to take you within a legislative democracy under the plenary power doctrine. You have to understand the plenary power doctrine, uh, doctrine and separation of powers to understand how they can lawfully do that. I see too many gurus out there telling people that it is illegal and unlawful it's not illegal and unlawful what they're doing. Everything that they're doing is within the bounds of their delegated authority. Well, if I would say anything that they're doing is that they're deceiving people or they're intentionally, um, you know, uh, not telling the whole truth about something or trying to uh, obfuscate and do a lot of different things like that. But the things that they are doing is within the bounds of their delegated authority, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that so many citizens of this country are ignorant. Okay, they are ignorant. You see right now what's happening with the pandemic. You see how ignorant these people are. You got people riding around in cars with a mask on and nobody's in the car with them. Right? They are gripped with fear. Right? They, uh, they believe everything that they are being told on news media. They totally trust all of these people. Right? They don't understand how the country was set up, uh, that we have a, a republic, and that each you are sovereigns. And I'm going to use that word, sovereign, not sovereign citizen. I don't know what the fuck a sovereign citizen is. I, that's some phrase that was coined, I believe, by the, um, who is that, the uh, four something, uh, not the ACLU, one of those organizations that is a Zionist control organization because when you go and check the uh, people who originated all those organizations, they're all Zionist Jews in some kind of way. They are communists, I, and that's why they don't like sovereignty. That's why they are talking about you calling you sovereign citizens because they're communists. And you have to understand, sovereignty is a direct threat to a, uh, to a communist, socialist, Marxist regime, a direct threat. So, yes, if you, and now they're coming out more boldly, the left, than anything. So when you hear that word sovereign citizen, that's not coming from the right. That's coming from the left. Understand that. That's coming from communists. We're seeking to subvert the Constitution in this country. And the first thing they did the, that they did is that they got rid of your money in 1933. Under House Joint Resolution 192 of June 5, 1933, Public Law 73-10, it's been codified in Title 31, United States Code 5118. Under that, that's the rescission of the gold clause, in case you're knowing, because H.J.R. 192 is just a resolution right, from Congress. Right, it was codified in, in a statute, and it is still there. So I wish people would click, quick saying that it's been rescinded. That is ridiculous and stupid when you can go right in the statutes and see it right there, okay? 
So now that we understand that, the reason why it's necessary is because when they got rid of the money, they had to find some way to create value. Okay, so the key is value. And this is where you get accepted for value and things of that nature, where the value is being created. Value is being created in the medium of exchange and what is called an interest in things or what you know as lean. Everything is about a lean on property. If they can get a lien or an interest in your property, they can create a negotiable instrument that represents that lien, and then they can go trade it, discount it, or negotiate it, or do whatever they want because it has value. Right? A simple example is like a mortgage, okay? That's an interest in property. The bank has gotten you to sign a contract where you agreed to allow the bank to have an interest in your property where you agreed to pay the bank in an unspecified species of currency every month. They can't tell you exactly how to pay off your mortgage because that would be against public policy. Okay, public policy doesn't allow them to, uh, to mandate how you have to pay back a debt. And this is key right here. This is your key. This is your loophole. This is your remedy, all right, because the Federal Reserve is not a governmental entity, and they already know that, and they took all the American people's gold. Now, that was kind of like, I don't want to use the word fraudulent, but you were induced to give your gold away because you were ignorant then, because it's all persons, and you didn't realize that you were not a person, that you were in the private, and the federal government can't mandate anything in the private. They can do that in the public, but not in the private. The federal government is foreign to you, okay? This only applied under the 14th Amendment to what is termed U.S. citizens. And once again, I want to stress, you all have to know your grammar, okay, because you have a citizen with a capital C prior to the 14th Amendment and a citizen with a lowercase c after the 14th Amendment. This right here is the difference between a proper and a common noun. A common noun could be anything, okay? I, a proper noun is a specific person, place, or thing, okay? But when they allowed a common noun, that is what allowed corporations to creep in and become citizens. And state is also a word that you have to be very careful of. When you get a um, Black Law 4th edition and you look up the word state, you will see that corporations can be called states as well. Didn't know that, did you? But it's right there in the uh, dictionary for you to look up. So why you need to do this is that everybody's trying to find some sort of claim on property. Within the United States, and we're talking about that jurisdiction that is within uh, that 10-mile square in Washington, D.C., uh, pursuant to Article One, Section 8, Clause 17 of the Constitution, okay, within that particular jurisdiction and all their insular possessions, which the Social Security number would uh, be amongst their insular possessions. It comes within their ter- territorial powers, okay, the because they created it, okay? So that Social Security number is what everybody's seeking to attach and all property that is associated with it. I, you should know this when they want to garnish your wages or, you know, do anything to you, uh, child support or anything like that, the doorway for them to get at you is the Social Security number. It's the Social Security number. This is why I'm always telling people to get a CPN number. Within the secure party process, we tell people to get 98 numbers and 245 numbers. All those are ways for you to get personal credit, business credit, and a place to hold your property so that you can operate in commerce in what is called 
own nothing but control everything. You want to be in control of your assets. You don't want to have ownership because ownership means direct liability. And this is something that is being starting to spread over the Internet. Most people are beginning to understand the power of trust or private trust as opposed to a statutory trust. Not a, I'm not talking about a living trust for all your attorneys that are out there. That's not a superior trust, and you know it. Okay, you're leaving that particular um, entity within under the powers of the of the government. No different than a corporation. We're talking about something private that comes within a person's right to contract un, under limited under the contract clause. Their common law right to contract. This is what these private trusts fall under. Okay, so understand that. All right, but when you're doing the secure party process. You're doing a secure party process, first of all, to notice the government um, of your status, what we call status correction. Uh, I don't really like that term too much, but, you know, because I don't think you correct a sovereign status. Um, you know, all you're doing is rebutting a presumption. These people are presuming things about you because you've never contacted them and let them know. Uh, these are your public service. But you're just sending a correspondence to the federal government, letting them know your status, letting them know that you're not desirous to participate in their experiment called a legislative democracy, letting them know that you're not desirous to be a surety for the national debt, that in their incompetency as public servants, they've allowed to accrue up to $28 trillion, and they want you to pay it back through taxes, and 100% of those taxes that you're paying goes only on the interest of, of the national uh, debt. It does not go to any of the things. Uh, Ronald Reagan uh, did a uh, was commissioned uh, a commissioned some people to do an investigation, okay, and found out that 100% of your taxes goes to pay the interest on the national debt. So that's going to add, you know, beg the question, okay? Well, if you are paying all these taxes, then how are they paying for all these services that are around you? And the answer is through bonds, municipal bonds. A bond is the evidence of a debt. And that is key because what they are doing is everything with traffic tickets, criminal indictments, um, mortgages, um, car notes, uh, utility companies, whatever. Everything is now about being able to put a lien against something, being able to put a lien against your Social Security number. Here in Georgia, you will find it codified in Title, uh, what is it, uh, 1711-1, OCGA 1711-1. These are attachment liens or writs of attachment, which is a warrant for an arrest is one meaning of a writ of attachment. Okay, so they're attaching your property. Okay, and they're using a FIFA to execute on that. All right, so understand fieri facius is the Latin term for it. So this right here is the reason you're doing it because I'll, I'll try to give you a very simple illustration. Okay, anybody knows about first and second mortgages. Okay, the first mortgage it has the priority interest in the property. If there is a foreclosure on that property, that first lien holder is going to get all the money that's owed to him. The second or junior lien holder will only get what's left. So what you are doing with your Social Security number, which represents your future labor, and if anyone asks you, can you do this, the question you should pose to them, doesn't the 13th Amendment say that involuntary servitude is unconstitutional? So in some kind of way, if you've given me some social security number and you're under, operating under some sort of presumption that I'm obligated to work for you, uh, that's involuntary servitude. So I'm going to rebut that presumption by contacting you and letting you know that I am more than competent enough to handle my own commercial affairs. I will be uh, taking over. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not anyone that needs you to take care of me under some doctrine of peer and or something like that. 
That was the whole thing in 1933 as well. The Great Depression and the New Deal was about you not being able to take care of yourself. And that's what you see coming from the left today. They want to take care of you. These PPP loans, health care, Obamacare, welfare, whatever it is, whatever kind of care it is, they're taking care of you. And then when they start to take care of you, okay, they're expecting something to reciprocate for that. And that is for you to be their slave in some kind of way. They're not going to use that term because that is the whole key, too. When you get in a Black's Law Dictionary and you look up the word slavery, what you're going to find out is that slavery was never eliminated. All they did was eliminate the use of the word slave. They're not allowed to use that word, and that's why you don't hear them use it. Right there in the Black's Law Dictionary, it tells you that. Slavery wasn't eliminated. Slavery just was transferred to the uh, prison system. Wasn't eliminated. The Constitution protects slavery. When you read the Constitution under the 13th Amendment, it's protecting slavery. You need to get this notion out of your mind that slavery was eliminated. It was not eliminated. It was just shifted somewhere to a different standard. And they aren't allowed to use that word slave here in the United States, just like they can't use king, queen, and they, lords and uh, titles of nobility and things of that nature here in the United States. So you are getting doing a secure party process to put a priority lien against your property and charge your social security number. Because I've seen somebody saying there's only one way to discharge debt, charge the account. What the hell do you think we're doing with the secure party process? Every process out there that you are looking at is nothing but but something that is a derivative of the secure party process. Because it was the first one on the scene. It was the one that these Jews created. I met people have uh, uh, UCC1 filed in the 1960s. Understand that. With that opening statement, we will now go to the phone line and answer some questions. And hopefully that gives you a little brief understanding of why you are doing uh, this particular process. It also helps you in understanding how to utilize negotiable instruments, how to collateralize particular instruments, how to contract with the federal government. You do need to contact. If you're going to utter instruments within their jurisdiction, you have to have an agreement from the federal government because that's a private jurisdiction. People ask me all the time, do I have to be a secured party to discharge debt? And I always tell them no. However, I will qualify that no by saying that you need to have an agreement with the federal government because you're uttering instruments within their jurisdiction. And that's why the first step of the secured party process, you're not doing any bonds. You're not doing any negotiable instruments. You're not doing anything. It's just simply a status correction where you're corresponding with the federal government and letting them know what your intentions are, all right? Because you have to understand men's rea, criminal intent, these people try to operate off that and try to, uh, you know, they go, to, like I was just watching something talking about the indicia of negotiability and the evidence that of what their intentions were, they were putting routing numbers on their negotiable instruments, okay? And those are things that you will hear them use because they're always trying to determine what your intentions are and they're presuming those intentions because you haven't expressly stated what your intentions are. And that is something that you need to do. And you need to also understand that you're not threatening the, the government uh, in any way. You're not trying to be a belligerent. You're not trying to be an uh, enemy of the United States. You know, understand these things. You know, we're not over here teaching that. Okay? We're not teaching that at all. So let me get to the phone line. Somebody been waiting. Uh, the phone call-in number is 563-999-3625. If you want to talk to the host, which is I, you have to press number one. You have to press number one, and I'll see you in the queue. If you don't press number one, won't be able to hear it. 
All right, 304-9945, you're on the line. Peace to the gods. What's going on, Peace, peace, peace. What's going on? How you doing? Long time. Long time, brother. Long time. I've been with you since 2013. I just had a quick question, man. I hear some okay. feedback. Are we good? Hear a little feedback? Okay, hold on. Yeah, I hear feedback. Like you gotta How's that? Echo. Perfect, perfect. Can I hear some feedback? I don't hear it anymore. Okay, all right. Go ahead. Oh, there I go. But, all right, real quick, I'm going to make this quick because I know you probably got some other people on the line. Now, in the secure the language, the verbiage that we'll be using to create our own contract, you know, for, for the other party, is it wise to get the style manual of the federal government to see what language they're using in their laws? I mean, yes, yeah, the style manual... The styles manual is perfectly okay to utilize. I mean, usually the styles manual is what people utilize um, to have proof about, you know, the all caps name, uh, you know, and something to that effect. Because there's nothing in English grammar, uh, the rules of English grammar, that allow for you to put something in all caps. And the styles manual is what people usually resort to for that particular purpose. But, um, I mean... You know, it's not necessary. I don't see a need for it. Um, you just need to uh, well, just talk in every in simple language. Uh, you can make up your own process. This is what I'm teaching my students. I mean, these processes that you see out here, all of them have been created by individuals who have their own level of understanding right. of, of principles that relate to this particular subject matter. Um, all that's necessary for you to do is acquire enough knowledge and your understanding of what you are doing and if you can draft your own uh, correspondence, that's perfectly acceptable. But I, what would you, why would you think you need to use a styles manual? And why would you? And what's the purpose of it? What What do you see? Why you need I'm, to use it? I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad you asked that. Well, the correspondence is also going to be on a, um, the verge of this vaccination and the terms that they're using for the term of vaccination or any health type of health care that I wanted to put in my correspondence with them. But this is not only for me. I totally understand what you're saying. I also have somebody else listening, and this is for them because they, they're not new, but they're new to the, to the private information or the information that you're right. So that's why I'm just putting it out there. Like I said, I've been following right. it for a while, and I, I think people need to um, go back to a lot of your natural law hours to, you know, to put the two together to make their own process or whatever. But I just wanted to put the styles right. manual out there because I don't think a lot of people know about the styles manual and the verbiage that the um, federal government has to put out before they put out any law. They have to put out the words and the definitions, which you can probably right. read them off or use or whatever. So you can understand when you're reading the code statutes on one side and then read the Constitution on the other side. And I think that's where um, I had an issue at the beginning. It took me from 2014 to... Uh, Seventeen to get a full understanding of the state for my state, state laws, uh, statutes, codes, and then learn how to use them and correspond with people on top of the information that you gave us with a whole range of hosts. So that's the only thing I wanted to say, brother. I just wanted to tell you I really appreciate okay. you, man, going forward. I love the website. 
I just love. I'm just glad you know you, you still running forward at full strength, brother. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate. And that's all I want to say. I appreciate. Peace. All right, thank you, brother. Thank you. Peace, God. Peace, God. Yeah, um, the styles manual, as he was just talking about, is something that you should be aware of if you are um, involved in this in any kind of way. Um, the styles manual came in because, you know, like I said earlier, um, they were trying to, you know, they're trying to, like, make it seem like the, the all-caps name didn't have any meaning. So a lot of researchers were hunting for an explanation for the all-caps name because we would say, you know, something simple. Well, if it doesn't mean anything, then put our name in the proper Christian appellation of our name. If you notice that your all caps name is on your driver's license, it's on your social security card, it's on all your utility bills, it's on your credit card. If you are held into court, it's on the caption of the pleading in the court document. Uh, just about anything. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I was assisting some people in a court case, and they were from out of the country, and um, they had to sign, when you come into the country, Homeland Security makes you sign some documents. And right there on the document, it told all the agents that they must write these people's names in all caps. And I was like, okay, well, why is that? You know, it doesn't give any explanation on that. Why is it so significant for you to write the name in all caps? When you look at, um, when you go on TV and you look at your senator's names, uh, they got their name plates in front of them. It's in all caps. When you go into a courtroom, the judge's name, it's in all caps. They have all caps. Now, our explanation for this is this is their way in order to distinguish between public and private. Okay? In the public, um, they are operating under um, where they don't, have, uh, they don't have any liability. The liability, the reason why public servants don't have liability is because they're operating under the ambit of their delegated authority, which means it is sim- very similar. I'll give you an explanation like, uh, an employee of a corporation, because that's essentially what they are, just employees of a corporation. When you call in the customer service at T-Mobile or AT&T or whomever uh, that you have for your phone service, and you get into an argument with the customer service agent, and you start demanding that she provide he or she or he provide you their name, because, you know, I'm going to sue you. Give me your name. And they say, well, no, I'm not giving you my name, but I'll give you my employee number. The reason they don't have to give you their number it's because they're doing what they're told to do, okay? It's like I, my boss told me to tell you this. You can't sue me. The person you need to sue is my boss, okay? So you need to talk to the person who can bind the corporation, which is what I do. When I get into an argument with a company, I go straight to the top because I'm a CEO of my own company. And since I'm a CEO, I'm not talking to, I'm not talking to the PI. I'm going straight to the head of that company. I'm like, hey, man. I'm a CEO of a corporation over here. You're a CEO of a corporation over here. Your people are doing X, Y, and Z. Now, do I need to bring you in court and we can have a discussion about this? I'm talking to him. I don't care if he got 10,000 employees. Doesn't matter to me. You see what I'm saying? So the same thing is happening on the governmental level. Okay, they have what is called a ministerial duty to perform. That is the word you need to write down, ministerial. You need to look up in a Black Law Dictionary. It doesn't require expertise or anything. It just requires obedience. And this is also, you should also get what's called a court, uh, 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 a court, um, what is it, the court, uh, ugh, think of it in a minute. But um, the judges are administrators, right? They're not, they, they're administrators, right? They're Article One, you know, administrative law judges. They're administrating something for someone else. That's letting you know that it's not, a judi- that it's not judicial in nature. It's administrative in nature. They're administrating something for someone 
and the people they're administrating it for or the con- the congressmen. Okay? This is very simple to see once you start studying government. And also, there is a very, very big need for civics classes in this country. The, pe- the American people have fallen so far out of their knowledge of how their government operates, it's ridiculous. I, I don't see how anybody's going to get any justice or anything until a basic understanding of civics is reinstilled into the American people. I understanding what, you know, plenary power doctrine is, separation of power, the seven principles that, that govern the Constitution that are present in every Supreme Court decision, whether it's spoken expressly or not. That's what's operating in the background of a Supreme Court justice's mind when they make decisions on constitutional matters. So, you know, these are things that you need to understand, you know, so, yeah, the all-caps name is on your check, you know, at the bank. When you look at your check, that not where you sign your not, name, that is not a line. That is a micro-signature line where you're the authorized representative, where it says authorized signature. Okay? You're an authorized representative of that all-caps name because everything in the public fictional in some kind of way. It's a legal fiction. A legal fiction means an assumption that something is true even though it may be untrue, made especially in judicial reasoning to alter our legal rule operate. That is the very first word I ever looked up when I started getting into this, the definition of legal fiction. Um, we have a book on legal fictions by, um, what is the gentleman's name? What is that gentleman's name? I get it real quick. I'm gonna tell y'all the book to get. It's on my website. Uh, legal citations. Lon Fuller. That's it. Legal fictions by Lon Fuller. And you can find a PDF on the internet. Uh, Lon L. Fuller has a book called Legal Fictions. You should read that because. That is a problem with a lot of individuals as well uh, when it comes to a lot of this information is that they don't understand that they're dealing with legal fiction. They mind, they're going into court and they ain't operating, they ain't thinking in correct terms. You know, you're thinking that's you on that piece of paper, you know, and they're trying to convince you that that's you on that piece of paper. This is why we use Rule 24, uh, uh, Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, third-party intervener, when you come in as a third party, you're saying, hey, I'm the holder of due course. The reason you're saying you're the holder of due course is that you filed a lien against your property and noticed the government of that interest in that property, okay, because you have to give notice to it. When you understand UCC 3-302, that is something that you have to understand and study as well. I am on the air. I'm on air. Uh, she kept coming, calling me back, y'all. I had gone to answer that question. But um, uh, the thing is, um, you have to understand what a holder in due course is, okay? All right? So you're coming in as a holder in due course, a third-party intervener. That's under Rule 24, the Federal Rules of Civil Procedure, because there is your property is being threatened. And you have an interest in that property, and it's not being sufficiently represented. All right? And that's usually the case if you have a public defender. And you have a public defender. Everybody knows public defenders don't do shit for you. 
There ain't no shame us saying that publicly. Everybody knows you ever been in a case, public defender ain't going to do nothing for you. The reason I'm doing nothing for you is because you ain't telling them what to do. Uh, you need to tell them what to do. So he's not going to sufficiently represent the, uh, your, uh, protect your interest in that property. Uh, he is working for the state. He's helping the state out. He's not helping you out. So you're going to come in as a third-point intervener, make it a special appearance as an authorized representative for the defendant. You're going to accept for value and return for value all the charging instruments in this matter because they're negotiable instruments. They're seeking to attach property. They're looking for some sort of money, debt. They're trying to create a bond. Go and ask them for the bid bond. See what they say. Say, can I get the bid bond? Catch them off guard. See what they say. Anyway, I'm giving up too much information. 602-9147, you're on the line. What's on your mind? Hello. Yeah, your, your mic is open. Am I Mic's on? open. Okay. That's your uh, own. Just, your mic's open. Uh, okay, I'm talking. Uh, okay. I, I, was in, I was interested in the secured party process, and I, I think I've opened an account uh, – with the UCC trust account, UCC and I, what I account. maybe I need to take some classes from you. I just want to uh, actually let me uh, ask you this specific actually, question: Is it necessary to send a voucher if you go to discharge some public debt through your UCC trust account? Okay, a, a voucher. Where that came from is that everybody was saying that they uh, that they have because there's no money that they have to provide mm-hmm. you a method of payment. Okay, you have to be provided. So the vouchers that you're seeing on all your utility bills, they have routing numbers at the end. They're, that's the check that they're giving you to send in for payment. There isn't any money. You got to stop and right. really think about this, y'all. There is no money. Okay, right. so Federal only Reserve credit. notes is only just credit. promissory notes. All right, people are just uh, that's just one form of medium of exchange. There are many different forms well, of medium of exchange. They can't they cannot require you to pay in any particular form of a species of currency. So they have to provide you some method of doing that. And this is where you see right. people, they'll come in and start um, converting that uh, that uh, uh, voucher into a negotiable instrument, like a money mm-hmm. order or something to that well, effect. Douglas, what Douglas would, Riddle, well, forever, all, wait, let me just say this real quick. I'll let you speak. Okay. There's, a, there's yeah. a video on the Internet of a, a gentleman called Douglas Riddle. And uh, yeah. he was very, he's very, very interesting video. Just It's very old, but... You should go and listen to him speak on that particular subject. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Ask your question. No, it's, my understanding of the voucher was to pay the IRS what what I owe them when they send me my credit. In other words, I was – Yes, that's what I just said. Okay. <laughs> that's what I well, just yeah, said. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Okay, so you need to pay your tax on the credit you get. Right. So you got the voucher, and the voucher right. – that little you talking about a little voucher at the end? Do you send your bill and there's a little dotted line? Well, no, I was talking about like thing. an IRS voucher. I, I was talking about a, a, a 10, 1040 voucher, a ten forty voucher. Oh, okay. Like well, yes. 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 You want to send that too? Yes. You want to assess it? Okay, that's what. You're assessing okay. the tax. Well, yes. let me ask you this: You want to do? You want to put the You want to involve involve the IRS and everything? The IRS is the point man. For the Treasury Department, uh, the United States is in receivership. So the Secretary right. of Treasury, he would be the receiver of the bankruptcy. So, yes, the IRS, right. they're the accounting arm for the bankruptcy. 
So you want to apprise them, especially when you are utilizing your credit. People call and say that use the term utilizing your credit. Mm-hmm. Yes, when you utilize your credit, you got to tell the you got to tell the IRS, you got to tell the Treasury Department is who you're telling. Okay. You got to tell the Treasury okay. Department how you're using your credit. Now, when you do your secure party process, that's one of the first things you do is you send, you know, like when you're using a bill of exchange, right, you're going to send an, a credit authorization over to them because you've got to authorize them to use that. There's actually, um, I've done other shows where when you go into the IRS employee manual, it has in there that, hey, when they receive a bill of exchange, authorizing them to settle the account. They're going to send it to 1500 Pennsylvania Avenue. Right there in the IRS employee manual. The IRS employee manual is where you should be studying. Yeah. You should be studying that. Everybody should be studying that. Right. It's well, online, too. Yeah. How do I – How do I? Uh, can I do a consultation with you? If you want to do a consultation with me, I charge – To get it. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I charge, $200, I charge $200 an hour. Uh, you can cash yeah. at me at use of L19. Dollar sign, Usabel, and put your phone number in. Uh, I know okay, some people. I did some consultations yesterday. I'll be doing some today when I'm over this. So if you if you've already sent me, uh, scheduled the consultation. I got you. But if you want to put okay, the day so, you want and time the consultation, just put in the cash app. You send it date and time that you're available and your phone number. Okay. Okay. Put your phone number. Okay. That helps okay, you see you it, number app. one. Yeah. 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 So I just want to make clear how I get a hold of you. Uh, Yusuf L19, and then is there, is there more to the address? No, a cash app is just cash app Yusuf L19. You'll see my picture pop up. Oh, cash app? Okay, go to cash app. That's a, yeah, cash app. Uh, or you go to, okay. you know, I, I PayPal, too. I can check my PayPal like that, but paypal.me forward slash Yusuf L19. I mean, sorry, Yusuf L. Okay. PayPal.me okay. forward slash Yusuf L, and cash app is... Dollar sign, use L19. Okay, forward slash, what was okay, the one for PayPal? PayPal.me forward slash use of L. And y'all can send y'all donations there as well. Okay, okay so then after I, send you the two, uh-huh, after I send you 200, yeah, go ahead. Uh, 200 uh, for PayPal, uh, PayPal, then just give you a time. When you can call, when Just I'll give be me here. time, the right time, and I'm, I'll, I'll text you. I'll send you a text message. Okay. 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 Uh, uh, you know, I don't think I really get text messages, to be honest with you. I'm a little behind the time. Uh, I do have me what, what phone number? What phone number? Would you give me a house phone or something like that? You know, what, what well, do you give yeah, me? Well, yeah, I did. Yeah, that's what I would You don't, you don't, you don't I, have a I, cell phone. Is that what you tell well, I do have you a, cell have a cell phone, phone. but it's a, yeah, okay. I do, I do, but I, I just disabled my text. I used to get too many uh, uh, okay, advertisements. Right, right. Well, I, you know what? I can understand that because I don't, I, you know, I'll be tired of, you know, getting phone calls and texts too. But, hey, open it back up for this. So I'll call you. You know, I'll call you. Just put your time in there that you're available, all right? Okay, I'll definitely be in touch and send you some money and we'll do Okay, okay. well, thank I you. I appreciate it. That's great. You're all doing right, a good job. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate oh, bye. it. Bye-bye. Let's go to, uh, let's go down to what is it, what is it, Florida, 471550. Yes, sir. How you doing, man? How you doing, man? What's going on? Turn off your computer or whatever you got going on in the back. You don't have no feedback. 
Yes, sir. How that how that sound? That sounds great. How you doing today? How can I help? Man, peace to the gods, man. I just uh just to share a look just a uh, thirty seconds. I've been on this quest since nineteen ninety five. I'm a descendant of um the Rosewood Massacre here in Florida. What opened wow. my consciousness okay. to all of this is that um, the state of Florida had gave reparations to 14 families that descend from Rosewood. Uh, one of my cousins happened to be a descendant, and so my consciousness has been open since 95. I've chased after the Morris route, all that kind of stuff. But the only thing that had made sense in everything I've been in this quest about is this, the secure party process. I have, uh, I've looked at everything. <laughs> yeah, I have uh, I have uh, done what the young man just called in about the 1040V. Right. I have I created a um, instrument and sent it right back to the IRS. Um, I have discharged child support case. Discharged the mortgage. Discharged the mortgage. Discharge a traffic ticket, and I'm be able to discharge anything with my name on it in the mouth. So I would just tell anybody the secure party, the secure party process is really give you the authority to be able to discharge any written paper instrument with your name on it in any amount. And and that's what I spend my time. I spend my time trying to get people to understand why you can do that. You know, why? Um, you know, because it's easy to say you can do it. And there's a lot of people, I get people, I get phone calls like this all the time. People have been successful doing things. Um, but the thing is, is trying to get people to understand, well, why can I do that? It's changing their mindset is where you have to get, you have to get to. You know, there isn't any money. You know, understand, well, what do you mean there's no money? I'm using Federal Reserve notes every day. You just, I'm going to the grocery store. I got credit cards, you know. That's your, that's your choice. That's your yeah, choice. That's your, cho- <laughs> that's your choice. And, you know, people under, yeah, and, you know, and you may need to uh, use those things to operate, you know, in society. Uh, but the thing about it is you have to understand the true nature of what it is that you're doing. And once you wrap your mind around that, then you can begin to understand what we're talking about. We're talking about discharging debt or setting off debt, um, using private credit to set off public obligations is the way I like to phrase it. But, um, you know, but, yeah, you're, you're absolutely correct. You're assessing it. Everything has to go through the IRS. It took me, it took me, I mean, through the Treasury Department. It took me a long time to start to understand a lot of stuff as well of what I was doing. Um, but he's right. I like how you just said it. Anything is on paper <laughs> with your name on it. That's all it is, yes, just sir. on paper. Yes, it's a paper game. It's a paper game that we in. I appreciate your answer, my brother. Bring a lot of truth to the game. I just came to confirm what you're saying is true. Um, I'm living it. I'm living it, man. It's real. It's real for anybody. I don't see how you do a university. I just do. Uh, I help folks person by person in my family. I can't even. I can't even imagine how you do that, my brother. But my hat. My hat is off you because you're you're transmitting. You're transmitting a, a lot of energy, brother. You're transmitting a lot of energy. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I, I mean, I enjoy teaching. I come from a family of teachers, and, you know, it's just like just teaching, you know. It's just fun, you know, to me. But um, And it's interesting, and I just think, hey, 
um, I didn't even ask for this information, so it must have been something that was, you know, meant for me to do. You know, that's how I think that's, about it sometimes. Cause I, that's how I think about know. it. Too. That's how I think about it too. With my, um, you know, like I said, I, I, my consciousness woke in '95 when the state of Florida gave one of my family members a settlement. You know, because they were a sovereign community of, of people on the west coast of Florida who didn't bother nobody, but some folks came in and tore up their town. And then uh, almost. A hundred uh, since nineteen nineteen twenty three is when it happened. So it took them to nineteen ninety five to be able to, to say to the folk, hey, we, we yeah, we shouldn't have let this happen. And so that opened my eyes that there's something different out here. Uh, people do have rights. I mean it's real, but you have to know the right things to use to be able to get to what is in the law. You can't you can't just know the law, you have to be able to know how to to effectively make it true in your life. And that's case by case and event by event. It's case by case, and that's why I try to say there's no way that they're going to have some sort of process. You could just say, hey, all y'all come do this, and it's just going like an assembly line. It's going to work for everybody. And I think that that's what um, – that is what one of the big impediments, I believe, to a lot of people and when they attempt to do these things is their lack of understanding that, that it is an individual thing. It is not a collective thing, you know, per se. Um, you know, it's about you. It's about you and your understanding. Yes, and you started, you started, somebody started with that at the beginning of this broadcast. Are oh, you a spiritual man? And we all, we all, we all have energy flowing through our body. That's a spirit. So we all are spiritual. It just depends on how we are transmitting our spirit and energy into the world. And uh, I just, I just choose to transmit a good, safe vibration to help any and everybody first starting with myself. That's right. That's what it's all about. Your your positivity is key. Positivity is key. It's so key. That's something I came into an understanding of as well. The need to be positive. Positive. Yeah, you got to okay, worry. Yeah, you got a warrior spirit, so you're going to get a little warrior like that. But it's good to know when we can balance with that good positive, man. So I appreciate you, man. I'm listening. I'm subscribed. I would just encourage anybody to subscribe. The man know what he's talking about. He's a help to the community. I appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Thank you. All right. All right, y'all. And uh, that's true. Like, comment, and subscribe. Get, come on, let's get the likes up, y'all. Likes up, we almost 500 people, closing in on 500 people. Share this too. Y'all put the share button and share it on your Facebook. Share it in your groups on your Facebook. Share it on your Instagram. Share it on your Twitter. You know, share this, you know, spread the information and make sure that, you know, all your loved ones and everything get to hear this. You know, share it, invite them on in and come on in and listen. All right, let's go uh, back. Let's go to 832-0065. You're on the line. Hi, good um good day to you. I um Hey, what's going on? My name is Frankie. Oh, good to, good to talk to you. So, um thank you for taking my call. I just called in, so I have some questions for you. Um much you? like a lot okay. of people that call in, I am I am I'm new to the information in a sense. I've been actually kind of cleaning out of it for about um I would say five to seven years, 
fear kind of like just not even necessarily fear is just like you know those roadblocks like oh this and oh that and then um I I was listening to one of your um videos last night and you were talking about like not arguing and it just made so much sense because you know, like, I have another reason why I had gone forward is because I didn't want to argue. I didn't want to stand there and have this debate about what I'm clearly reading. So I needed to be able to be more structured and, um, you know, just have a real clear understanding before I even started this process. So um, All right. my question is kind of like about just some of the verbiage and, like, the ECC and then how we can apply that. As far as like, because I'm I'm really just starting from ground zero. I just I've been researching. Okay. So do we apply like definitions when we are? Okay. So the first step is setting up the trust. Am I correct? And then well, I mean, do that. Do we first, use the, uh, the first step? I'm sorry. Well, one one thing is called it's called a UCC contract trust account. Okay, and you're correct. You're essentially doing that on the first step of the secure party process when you send in your paperwork to the secretary of treasury, all that, that the indenture agreement is on the bond. Okay. A trust is an agreement and you can mold a trust in any form that you want. That's one of the principles of trust law. So I would advise people, first of all, to study about trust first to get an understanding of what yeah. a trust is. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of misconceptions yeah, about trust and uh, the different kinds of trust that there are. You know, they're implied trust and express trust. You know, they're constructive right. trust. You know, there are a lot of different kinds of trust. So it's called a UCC contract trust account, okay? And people talk about accounts, and it's like there's a secret account. When you're talking about the, um, uh, 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 the uh, what is the TTL account, uh, whatever, with the Treasury Department, that's not really what you're doing with the secure party process. The bond is the account. Right. The bond right. is the account. Okay, you got to understand that. Ain't no secret account. You give it, it's, right. it's no different than when you go to the bank and you deposit $20. A $20 bill is a promissory note. It is a dead instrument. Right. When you go to the bank and you make a deposit, you're giving them $20. Now, they have to put that on their books as an asset and a liability simultaneously under GAP. Right. Because it's an asset right. because now it's on their books and it's a liability because they have to give it back to you. They owe it back to right. you. There's no difference in anything. You give the uh, uh, the federal government a bond, okay? You Correct. are putting um, uh, you're putting on that bond, okay? What is the, the direction for the Secretary of Treasury if he's going to elect to uh, keep that bond, okay? You're telling him that hey, the principal on the face of this bond is to be used to apply toward specific public obligations, I you know like mortgages, car notes, credit card bills, true bills that come from court, anything like that. The windfall that comes from the interest off of that bond that they are going to invest, you can believe that, is theirs to keep because they are trustees and trustees have to be compensated. Okay, so you're going to compensate them by allowing them to collect the windfall from the principal of the interest of that particular bond. But the principal is and left so for you to be utilized. Go ahead. Well, so, okay, so well, my question more about is more because I, like, I, everything that you're talking about, I am completely squared away with that. I'm also prior away here, so much that I need to figure out. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm completely squared away with, like, you know, that there is no secret account. This is just what it is. Like, 
but it is to operate. So for me, right. it's like, okay, when I go and okay. start out my trust, I have a video where they're saying that you apply that the Secretary of Treasury is the um, trustee. Is that correct? Is that correct? Yeah. Like, I mean, not the trustee, mm-hmm. but, okay, so, yeah, so you do okay. thought that yeah. they are the trustee. Because that's, like, where right. I am now, like, I, like I said, I'm squared away with everything that you're saying. I am ready to, even if it's just putting it down on the paper so I can start to understand, okay, block one, I like this in here, and I like this in here, because it means that, like for the UCC one file, like the debtor and the creditor, I apply my name in both of those places, but I spell it different. Is that correct? Like those are things that I have more question about than yeah, who, no, you because you got a lot of a UCC a, a lot of UCC. Uh, let me expl- let me explain that the UCC one is a lot of them are getting rejected because they're trying to say that you're filing a, a lien against yourself. Okay, that you're right. putting two people in the same place. I. This is also where the styles manual came in that the earlier uh, caller was talking about uh, because the difference in the spelling of the name is called an item sonin, which means same sound. It sounds similar mm-hmm. to your name, right, but it's not you, okay? Many people do this all the time. There are, there are attorneys out there that incorporate their name, you, and you right. look at it and you think that, it, that, it's, uh, that it's their name, but they incorporated it, Okay. Right. So the same thing is happening here. It's your name, but it is not you. It is a corporation. Right. Now the old you, um, and I'm sorry to cut you off, and I just want to clarify this because I do actually spell my name different from the way it is in the straw man. So my straw man is like, of course, it's all caps, blah blah blah. But I actually have an accent above my e. There's lowercase spelling. That constitutes is where the creditor, like where I put my creditor, that that spelling versus the all caps spelling. Well, that's going to be on on the form where you are the uh, in the debtor's name. You're going to use an organization or an individual. Now, this is an inter- interesting thing too because individual they both call corporate created entities. They both corporate right. entities. I I so. The individual, some people use organization. I choose to use organization because individual is an organization when you look it up in a Black Law Dictionary. You look up the word right. individual. And these are, these are words that they don't really explain to you the meanings of. Uh, but you're going to put that in all caps. Now, you may have to qualify it in some kind of way and put dash trust after it, you know, to keep them from trying to say that you are filing something against yourself. Because right? that's the thing everybody's had to contend with is that these people are trying to say that you are filing something against yourself. And what I was about to explain to you, and everybody needs to understand what I'm that. about to say next, when you get to the old UCC filing, I'm going to show you all, because you know, only, only, only people who know, who have been doing this for a while, know this kind of stuff, because they change things. And when you're new to something, you don't see the changes that have, have taken place over time. But, there's a book on my website called One Man Out. Or you can go on the Internet and just Google some of the old UCC1 forms. Uh, some of the old UCC1 forms, y'all see this. They used to have a, um, on, the, on the UCC1 form, what we used to do to make, to make sure that there was a distinction, and they weren't rejecting them that much, there was an organizational ID uh, space 
under on on the top of the debtors area. All right, you go and look at the old UCC one forms. You see this is for organizational ID. Some people would put their birth certificate number right there, and other people would put what's called a SID number or state identification number. Now, state identification number is prima facie evidence that the straw man is a corporate entity. Now, they used to put it on all, if you got, if you caught a criminal charge or something like that, the SID number would be on your court paperwork. SID numbers are also their organizational numbers. They give them to police agencies, FBI agencies, and they give it to your agency, which is your straw man. Okay? They're giving, they give those numbers. That, SID number. It has your two state uh, uh, two state abbreviation letters in the beginning of it, followed by about seven or eight numbers. I think about yeah, about eight numbers. Went one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Eight numbers following it. Okay, it's an or it's a it's called a state identification number. Now you Google this on the internet. Now the the probably the only way you can get that number now is that you have to go uh, contact the uh, the FBI. You're only issued one if you've ever been arrested or perhaps gotten a traffic ticket or something to that effect. You have a state identification number. Okay, that state identification number is what we used to put on our UCC-1 forms to help us distinguish between the straw man and the real living soul. They took that off. And then when they took that off, that's when they start ratcheting up all the, oh, you're filing a claim against yourself. They went and got these uh, attorney general opinions Saying that, if, which is basically saying that if you were elected to sue us, the attorney general has already came forward and say he got our back. That's what's going on in calling you a tax protester that you're trying to in some kind of way evade paying taxes. And you're not trying to evade paying taxes. It's perfectly legal to avoid paying taxes, meaning that it's perfectly legal for anyone in the United States of America to arrange their affairs in such a way that they don't incur a tax. Now, if you've incurred a tax, which means you effectively did business with a trader business within the United States. Okay, you have a reporting requirement. No one is over here trying to teach people to be tax protesters. I'm definitely not. Because I understand how the system is set up. The tax protesters don't understand. They they limited and they understand in a lot of things. And George Mercier, who wrote the book Invisible Contract, is probably given the best explanation uh, to make people understand the, the stupidity of being a tax protester. Right. Stupid. When they say it's a frivolous argument, they're absolutely correct. They're absolutely correct. Yeah, and, and I'm understanding. And I'm looking some... at only the definitions. This is what it is. There's no extra. You know, we're just going by solely the definitions. Just like you know, even the no, you can know what contact. no, what you do. What listen. Okay, you put your own definitions in your documentation to make sure that right. you understanding that, that you have of what you're doing is conveyed to someone. Okay, now if you want to elect to use the UCC definition, fine. Do you understand what a holder in due course is uh, versus a and holder and things of that in nature? Their own language, um, in one of the definitions, is that why it's stating contract is defined? Oh, wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find it. Oh, the agreement is defined and distinguished from contract. But it says they're um, right. It's found in their they're related, but there is a dis- their circumstances. Is that what that means? Wait a minute. Say that again. I didn't hear you. Where I didn't hear you. I'm defined, sorry. Um, where agreement is defined in the UCC, and it says agreement is defined as 
distinguished from contract, contract. the bargain yep. of the parties is found in their language. Right, and you can look at that in the Black's Law Dictionary. Uh, they're similar, but there's a distinction between an agreement and a contract. It says, a right, uniform right. commercial code, one, agreement is a formal written filing declaring a creditor's interest in a debtor's property used as collateral for a loan. So you got to understand, when you're using a UCC. trust that we're filing, is that correct? Well, the tr- well, it is an agreement. A trust is an agreement. This guy is an okay. agreement, but yes, you know, that would be if you want to if you want to phrase it like that. I don't have a problem with that, but a trust don't have to be I'm, called a trust to be a trust. Listen, listen. A trust do not have to be called a trust. Listen, a trust does not have to be called a trust to be a trust. Okay, it don't right. have to be a college. It just needs to be the elements of a trust need to be there. All right, Got you can mold a trust in any form that you want to. That is a basic principle of trust law. Okay, but we are telling them, yes, it's a contract trust account because they are the holder of that bond. You got to read the bond. When you go do the secure party process, pull up the bond and read the bond. That's the trust agreement. Okay, and for you to understand that's a trust, you got to know what a trust is. Let me pull up the bond real quick, and I'll read it to y'all on the air. Y'all can understand what I'm talking about. Understand what I'm talking about. We go to. You actually moved. I think I moved. On the other website. Now, on the SCC University website, we have templates. We have trust information. We have, you know, I have thousands of documents. I have everything on this website that I've collected over the last 15 years. I've given you access to a lot of stuff that you don't even see on the internet anymore. Um, you know, but we have a huge PDF section and resource section. And uh, let me go into the, uh, what did I put that in? The, I think I have this bond right here. Okay, let me put this bond up. And read this bond. It's a BC power. Now, your bond, a bond is just the evidence of a debt. I'm going to read this to you. This is on this bond, the tenor of this bond. And all men by these presents to facilitate lawful commerce in the absence of substance back currency in circulation, the second, the current, whoever the current Secretary of Treasury is, or agents thereof, fiduciary, because that's what a trustee is. A trustee is a fiduciary. Now, on your bond, he's listed as a fiduciary, okay, and a holder. We call registered holder and fiduciary. The reason that the Secretary of Treasury is a holder is because this bond, when it matures, you're telling him to return it to you because that's what a holder in due course has. A holder in due course has a right to the instrument or the proceeds therefrom. And that's where claims and recoupment or claims to the instrument is. So you have to understand UCC 3-302 before you get to UCC 3-305 or UCC 3-306. They tie together. Okay? Right. So all of that, you need to understand 3302, 30305, and 3306 to understand what's being talked about right here. Okay? So upon receipt of this private discharge and an indemnity bond, 
And, of course, you're going to have a bond number associated with it. So post the full face value of the bond as an asset to the benefit of the United States Department of the Treasury to be used and applied specific, uh, uh, specifically in the manner described here under for the purpose of securing honorable settlement for the account holders and accounts listed below. The fiduciary has been entered into the books of the grantor as the registered holder. Now, notice that the verbiage that we're using, we're using the word grantor, fiduciary, these are all elements of a trust, okay? It's the trust, mm-hmm. trust agreement. Mm-hmm. And, so then, and so then we get into the instruction, which is like an indenture agreement. You give your trustees uh, a set of instructions. That's what you do in an indenture agreement. You have a declaration of trust, which is the first part of it, know all men by these presents, and then you have the indenture portion of it. All right, well, we start giving them instructions on the set-off as a consequence thereof. This bond has been authorized and is issued pursuant to the full faith and credit of the grantor, your all-cast name, and first middle last and first middle last. Those are two sureties that are going to go on there. We do bear hereby hold bond and obligate themselves to a jurist. Sui jurist means by one's own right. Okay, sui jurist, join there severally as voluntary sureties for all such account holders and accounts. Each jointly, um, uh, then, uh, uh, each joint and severally, including without limitation, birth, uh, birth certificate account number, which your BC number in, any sum up to and including $200 billion or $100 billion, ensuring underwriting, indemnifying, discharging, paying, and satisfying all such account holders and accounts dollar for dollar against any and all pre-existing current and future losses, costs, debts, taxes, encumbrances, deficits, deficiencies, liens, judgments, true bills, obligations of contract or performance, defaults, charges, and any and all other obligations as may exist or come to exist during the term of this bond, jointly and severally, liabilities until the sum or term of this bond is exhausted. Okay, it's the sum or term of the bond is exhausted. The sum is every time that you discharge a debt, it is deducted from the amount of the bond. This is where the UCC3 comes in, and this is why you're using the commercial chamber. The commercial chamber is serving as a statement of account that's keeping track of the deductions that are coming against this bond. Also, it serves as a claim on any instrument that you are issuing as it relates to this. All right? Because if you're going to get a claim to the instrument, UCC uh, 3-306, and then we have a claim in recoupment, which ties into, you know, if you're going to do the, uh, um, uh, the uh, what is it, the uh, uh, 12, publication 12, 12, I'm slipping my mind right now. But you have to have a claim on these instruments, all right, to be a holder in due course of the instrument. This is why you're putting the, the bond on a UCC-1 and sending it to the Treasury Department to establish the fact okay. that you are the holder in due course. That's what I was Okay. And that's where I think I get confused. Because it's like, do you do the bond? Do you do the UCC-1 first? And it's all kind of colored. You got to do the UCC-1 first. The UCC-1 okay. first. That's first. You got to do an 11 first because you got to do a search of the commercial chamber to make sure no one else has already filed a claim. That's no different than when a bank does a title search. A bank is not going to give you a loan until they do a title search against the property to make sure they got clear and good title. Okay, well, you got to make sure you got clear and good title, too. That's what the 11 is for. You're going to do a search in the commercial chamber and make sure there are any any prior claims. Because you are sitting here establishing the fact that you have a priority interest in property. Okay, but the only way you're going to know that is you certify through a search that no one else has a, a, a claim against your property. First in line is first in time. So that's and the purpose ask, of the 11. What would, what would signify someone to have a claim against your property? Is that like, like what would that signify? I don't have any debt. 
I don't have any issues. Okay, I mean, that would signify that, some, that somebody, did you owe somebody some money? Okay. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Then next. Okay. <laughs> I don't really but owe it anyone. Signify, so it's going to signify. But I, I think there's well, I mean, one thing we have well, to do. Well, you got to certify that by doing a search. I mean, that's easy okay. for you to say, and you probably don't, but you're supposed to check and see first. It's procedural. Okay, so the 11 comes first, and then you're doing a 1. Okay, the UCC 1, all right, is establishing your holder in due course status because you are putting a claim, because the UCC 1 is just a notice. All right, so you're providing notice of interest in property to anyone who probably have an interest in it, namely the federal government. You're letting them know that, hey, your Social Security number that you got, that you put in a claim yeah. against all of my labor, okay, I got a claim against my labor first. I'm not allowing you to have a claim against it, all right? Because yeah, okay. anything else would be slavery. Right. <laughs> so kindly remind your public servants of that fact. Involuntary servitude is not permitted in the United States of America. And I'm going to inform you and see, this is the thing with a lot of people. It's a it's a basic principle here that's at play. There is a um, a maxim that's in the black of a Black Law Dictionary that says the spoken word flies out the window and the written word remains forever. In other words, if it ain't in writing, it don't mean nothing. All right. So you got to put your stuff in writing. In writing. All right. And you got to inform these people, and you have to have a witness that you inform them. And that's why you're sending it certified mail and you're having it notarized. A notary is a witness. And the post office is a witness because you're sending it certified. They got a sign for it. You get a green card. You get a, 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 a 3811 form back. So that 3811 form and the notarial certificate represents the fact that you have notified them. And you always want two witnesses because that comes out of the Bible. Got it. Got it. So, and you said the first witness is a notary, and the second one is a registered mail. Registered or certified mail, 3811 form. Yeah. You always sign, put your uh, uh, address on the back of that, and that return uh, return uh, return receipt requested. R R R. Return receipt requested. Check that box and have that green card sent back to you. That is evidence that you can place in any court as an exhibit that they did and received notice of something. Okay, fantastic. So search commercial chamber by filling out the UCC 11 after I make sure I'm declared free of all whatever. Then I'll use the UCC 1. And then after that, I can do this UCC contract trust account with the treasure. You should come to our classes on sbcuniversity.com. We have instructional videos that walk you through each and every one of those particular steps. It's more steps to it other than that. But, you know, that is the gist of it. You know, that's pretty not, not, you know, on the Internet, you know, people always want to file a UCC-1. And, you know, you have a lot of people filing ones, then filing 11. That's because they don't read the UCC. You have, you have to understand that, you know, hey, you got to establish, you have to establish the holder in due course. And the holder in due course, to establish that fact, you have to give notice. And it tells you right there under the UCC that just filing a UCC-1 doesn't constitute uh, a specific notice. 
It's not full notice, just filing. You got to send it to them, too. You got to let them know. You got to mail it to them. Let them know. And you have to have evidence of that fact. We are establishing a UCC-1. You're the holder in due course of that particular property. This is also the reason why you file a UCC-1 in a court case. Because you're filing a UCC-1 in a court case to understand because you understand that they are trying to attach property. They're not telling you that fact. But it, it, whether they are or they are not, it don't hurt to file a UCC-1 in a court case to give them notice that you have a party interest in your property. So they can say whatever they want to, file it anyway. Hey, well, now, let me first give y'all notice. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, you said, well, this doesn't have anything to do with this. I understand what you're saying, but just in case. As a matter of fact, here, take this affidavit of denial of corporate existence with you, too. Got it. Okay. Because I'm looking at the um, UCC 11 form now, and you know, I'm in Texas, so we have their own thing. But um, I will, yeah, every state got their own way of doing it. It's not uniform. Yeah, I don't know what Texas got going on. <laughs> Texas it's, a, it's called the Commercial Business Code in Texas. Yeah, I'm from I've Texas. Been looking so. into that as well. Oh, you are okay. Okay. So um, now, because I, you know, I would love to take a class, but I'm also trying to get my ass in this. I'm trying to get started, and I don't have the income right now. Like, you know, if there's something I can uh, accept for value <laughs> and have it sit back to you, then we can do that. You know what I mean? But right now, I don't have $200 an hour. Um, so how oh, well, I mean, you, you don't have to have that. Then come to class. I mean, you pay okay. $59, what, $79, $69, and go and come to class. You got 30 days, 16 classes. I mean, listen, I made this very affordable for everybody. You know, I did not make it expensive or anything. You know, you can count. I just don't have it. Yeah, but I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. Like people like to have one-on-one consultations, but I suggest, hey, just get your membership for $79, $99, got a month, you know, get the classes, you know, then you got instructional videos, everything on there for you, even if there's not a class. There's plenty of information on there to assist you. I've spent many, many hours putting a lot of instructional videos and things like that, and then I come on live and answer questions and show people things and do things like that. And you can, you know, and I wouldn't tell people to cancel. I would tell you right now, don't cancel your membership. Just pause it. There's a feature on there where you can yeah. pause it where you will not be billed. Just pause it because there are some things that I'm coming up that's going to be very great for my members within the next two weeks. And okay. I'm going to pay y'all. I'm going to put it like that. I'm going to start paying y'all. I thank you very much for taking my call today. Um, I'm sure there's other people with questions, and I will see you in class. All right. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Let's go back to the phone lines. 951-1163 on the line. What is hey, it, Tennessee? Doing, brother? Can you hear me? Loud and clear. What's going on? Okay, cool. Uh, first off, brother, I want to say, man, your your work is, is greatly appreciated. And uh, your, your, your wealth of knowledge is, is commended. But my question to you is, I want to help brothers, just people, period, men, period, get off of child support. 
Now, what what materials could you do? You suggest that I could study, where I could effectively help these brothers go in there and defend themselves, or what actually they need to say to be able to do that. Now, first off, let me say this: I'm not by no means advocating a man. I know not taking care of not his children, take care of his children. But all right, right. Yeah, we all know that the child support system is damaging a lot of good brothers' lives. Man, period. Not just brothers. Man, period. And it's saddening, you know what I mean? So I, I, I've been listening okay, to okay. for quite a while. Go ahead, brother. Let me let me talk about child let me talk about child support. All right. Um the the first thing I'm I'm gonna just tell you how I, I approach things. With that child support, you can discharge child support. You can discharge it. Um uh I agree that you know, the government shouldn't be, I think they're just too in our business. They're too much in our business, you know what I'm saying? They're trying to act like you're your parent, trying to force you to do things. But let me say this, because I'm going to preach for a second. You you sitting here talking about uh, this burden that's being put on a lot of men, okay? However, you are the one that pulled out your penis and injected 700 million pieces of sperm into a woman and got her pregnant, all right? My mama told me this, and it's something that I abided by, all right? It was, she said, don't lay down with no woman you can't have a baby by. She said, don't lay down. If you don't feel like you can have a baby by, don't lay down with her. Too many men want to have casual sex and want to just, you know, knock some women down, and then you don't want to wear protection, or they don't have, they not on birth control or whatever. Or maybe you did like them or something. I don't know that, I, you know, that. Because, I, yeah, I got children by two different women, too. All right? So, you have my wife and another woman I had, uh, had a baby by. But I took care of all of them. All right? But uh, but I was married to the, to the, the first one, married uh, of my uh, uh, children. I take care of my daughter that I have right now. Um. So I took the steps necessary to try to not. Now, me and my ex-wife, we weren't able to do that. She was, you know, that was just, you know, I, I, I tried to work with her and I wasn't able to. So I understand the position that some brothers are talking about because I've been in that position before. But I'm always telling brothers the number one thing is you need to make more money. Because a lot of the things that you are concerned with is the fact that you don't make enough money. And that's why it's a burden on you. Or you need to learn how to discharge debt or, what you know, whatever. You know, you got to either one, either one. you're going to have to either get your knowledge up or get your bankroll up. As far as the state is concerned, um, I have a friend, Amin Ra, you, you've heard of him. That, that's his specialty, his child support. One of his favorite phrases is no contract, no case. And I agree with that. The jurisdiction that these people operate in um, is contractual in nature. Right. There has to be some sort of, they have to have some sort of jurisdiction over you or some sort of minimum contact is what I like to have. How are they, jurisdiction is always the thing that we have to address. How are you exercising jurisdiction over me? Nine times out of ten is not specifically over you. It's over that social security number. It's that social security number. That social security number does not belong to you. It belongs to the federal government. One of the things that I would probably tell people to do, like especially if you're in prison or you're in jail, is the SA, what is it, 521 form request for withdrawal. 
Let me get put this in the chat room real quick. So SA five twenty one. All right, now there is a, a video that I conducted along with a, uh, another gentleman. It's on YouTube. I guess I'll upload it to my channel so people can watch it. Uh, but it was kind of like a knockoff from um, what's in One Man Out of using this form to withdraw from that. Now, the number's not going to go anywhere. But the whole thing is you've been using benefits and privileges. If you are using benefits and privileges, they are going to exercise jurisdiction over you. That is a whole thing. Okay, you're accepting benefits and privileges from the government. Okay, so if you're accepting benefits, you're working at a job. That is a benefit. That is, that is a benefit and a privilege. It is not a right to work for somebody else. All right, that's not a right. That's why they can fire you at any time. All right, it's not a right. Okay, it's a benefit and a privilege. The benefit and the privilege is the utilization of the statute. The government is coming in and regulating things for you, making sure that you have a fair playing ground to operate on, making sure that you're protected. It's necessary. I'm not saying that it's completely unnecessary or anything like that, but you're asking me a question. How are they exercising jurisdiction over you? And one of the things that you have to look at as an individual is that your dependency on government, okay, what are you doing in your life that is being that's uh, allowing you to be some sort of government dependent? This is also why we're talking about CPN numbers, credit privacy numbers, all right? Credit, credit privacy numbers are 100% legal. Do not listen to these people obfuscate the issue. When you get on the Internet and start looking at these attorneys and things to try to tell you that CPN numbers are illegal, they're talking about people who use other people's numbers or aren't giving full disclosure or something to that effect. A CPN number, the FBI right there on the FBI website, I'm going to give it to you right now. I heard you re uh, recommend uh, LegalCPN.com, and I looked them up, and they had a lot of bad reviews. I mean, do you think those reviews Well, they gave me mine. They, they gave me mine, and it was good. But what was the bad reviews uh, on? I didn't get my initial one from them, but, hey, I, I went and used them. And everything turned out pretty good on my end. Um, I don't know what kind of bad reviews they would have, but see, I've been knowing about this since 92. So I don't need anybody to teach me about it or anything like that. I know what to do. The original information that I came across is out of a book called uh, The Paper Trip One by uh, not Loom Panic, but um, what is the Paper Trip on? I got a copy of The Paper Trip in here. And a book called, it's, uh, you can go to the website, um, Eden Press, E-D-E-N-P-R-E-S-S.com. I'm always giving Eden Press a shout-out. You know, they should be uh, paying me. Many people I have to them. But Eden Press. Yeah, Eden, E-D-E-N-P-R-E-S-S. -S. That's a privacy. They deal with privacy. Privacy. Their whole website is devoted to privacy. I found that book back in when they used to have the spy shops open. I don't think there are any spy shops anymore, but they are, spy shops are open, and um, they tell you how to change your fingerprints and all kinds of stuff in there. <laughs> but, you know, the federal government was on them, and they had another website called Lumponics. But Lumponics is not in um, – is not uh, – I think their website got taken down, but the material is still available if you can find it, Lumponics. 
L-O-O-M-P-A-N-I-C-S. These were privacy manuals telling you how to do everything, keep your life private, away from the government, legally and law- lawfully, okay? Yeah. I, that's what these are, are about. And that would be the first thing, if you want to uh, figure out how to get away from something, the first thing you're going to have to do is learn how to privatize yourself. You're putting too much of your information out, y'all on social media, y'all put y'all damn address on everything. Your home address shouldn't be on nothing. Not even your driver's license. Here in Georgia, they allow you to put your P.O. box. You should have a P.O. box. You know, you got to take so, yourself so, and start so privatizing order, your life. Huh? Right. So that's, that's, what, what, I should, that's what I would be able to uh, recommend to these people is to learn how to privatize That's what I would recommend. Okay. got to start privatizing your life. That's this, this the problem. The problem is... You got private rights. It's public and private. Almost 98% of the people out here do not know anything about privacy. They go to a public school. They go to a college that's public. All this means government, by the way. Government regulated, government funded. They own public assistance. They want public health care, public welfare. They do everything in the public. They don't understand privacy. So when you start talking about the problem is coming from the fact that you in the public. And public don't mean that people see your face. Public means that you're using a benefit and a privilege of the federal government. Right. So, so here's what I want to do. I think if I take your classes, then I'll be able to know what to do for myself. Then I'll be able to effectively help other people. So when is your next class? Or that will be I'm going to have a class tonight. I was, I was trying to have one last night. I didn't get to it because I was doing so much work, but I'm going to have one tonight. The classes are usually Monday through Thursday, 9 to 11, 9 to 11 p.m. Right. Eastern okay. Standard Time, Eastern Standard Time. I try to do that late as I can for people in California. Yeah, that's where I'm at. You know, I got California people in California. Right yeah, so it'll be 6 o'clock your time, 6 p.m. your right, time. Right, Okay, cool, cool. All right. well, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, brother. I appreciate you for accepting my call, and uh, peace to the guys, bro. Peace, 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 peace. Y'all have a good night. Yeah, um, that's the problem, y'all. A lot of It's public and private. That, public and private is like the first fundamental thing that you need to learn before you do this, you have to understand the hierarchy of the law. Natural law or God's law is the law that is not a respect of person, applies to anyone. This is why it's ridiculous for people to say that people are living a life and not living under any kind of law, okay? If you are out there saying that about an individual, you are illiterate and you're stupid, okay? Everybody or everything in creation follows some kind of law. Then we got positive law, which is man-made law, okay? Man-made law should be a derivative of God's law because you get the authority to rule according to your, how well you are in line with God's will, all right? That's what gives you the authority to rule. That's why, God, that's why kings say, I have a God-given right to rulership. God gives the authority of rulership. You don't just arbitrarily and capriciously do that. Now, you probably want people to believe that bullshit, 
at the same time, what well, we calling you a public servant. If you're a public servant and you're in this office, I'm getting, I'm, I'm glad I'm seeing this on YouTube with these people coming out and they telling y'all to y'all face, we gonna get you out that chair soon as possible, because you don't understand your your role. We gonna get your ass up out that chair, because you got a job, and we are gonna take it from you to remind you of who you are. Get your ass out of public service. There's a public enterprise. Positive law is the derivative of natural law, of God's law. And positive law breaks into substantive law and procedural law. Under procedural law, you have remedial law. Under, uh, under a, a substantive law, you have public and private law. Under public law, you got constitutional law. You got administrative law, criminal law, tax law. Taxes, you only pay taxes in the public. Y'all don't understand that? Nothing private is taxed, and you're only taxed in the public on benefits and privileges, government services. This is another reason tax, when you be like these tax protesters are ridiculous. When people are, you got to understand, you got to be very careful. People come in the chat room or anybody who they be, be, be tax protesters become, sometimes they are agents trying to ferret out all the other people who are tax protesters. You should never be coming in the public hollering about your tax protest. You're stupid. Not to, not to mention the fact that there's no basis in your argument, but you're still stupid. Okay, because that's the number one thing they're looking for. They want y'all paying taxes, right? You only pay taxes in the public on benefits and privileges. Tax laws under the, under the public. Go to damn Wikipedia and put in public law, and put in private law. And look and see what I'm saying. The Constitution is in the public. It's not in the private. The Constitution is public law. The Constitution is a limitation on government to prevent government from coming into the private. That's why in the Constitution, one of their instructions is private property cannot be taken without due process of law and just compensation. It is a limitation and a restriction on government. The Constitution really don't have nothing to do with you. You don't have constitutional rights. You have constitutionally protected rights. That's something else you keep saying. That's wrong. It's just like when people say, um, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It don't fucking say that. It say, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Where'd y'all get set you free from? You made free. Freedom comes from a realization, an awakening that you already got the power. Just like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz. I want to go home. Dorothy, you always had the power to go home. Click your heels three times. The wizard behind the screen. Posturing himself. He just oh, the great and powerful eyes. Just like it says in Isaiah chapter 14, it says, people shall narrowly look up on thee and consider thee saying, is this the man that made the earth shake and nations tremble? That's what it is. You know, I heard a, world, a very wise man say this. He said, when y'all find out the truth, you're going to laugh. When you find out the truth, you're going to laugh. You've been afraid all this time. Worry is the biggest 
expenditure and waste of energy there is. 90% of the stuff you worry about don't even happen. And then Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, why are you worrying? Look at the birds. Look, look, look at everything. God provide, won't he provide for you, oh, ye of little faith? You're worried about stuff. When you worry, you transmit that energy to the universe, and it comes back to you in like kind. You have to train yourself to be positive. I just got through watching the James Brown, um, a James Brown thing on Netflix. Excellent, excellent. And one thing I noticed is a similarity between James Brown and Donald Trump. And I found out about Donald Trump because I was listening to Your Wishes, Your Command. And they were talking about Donald Trump. And this is why a lot of people don't like Donald Trump. They don't like Donald Trump because he never say nothing negative about himself. But y'all think he's being arrogant. But no, it's not he being arrogant. Donald Trump is a member of the secret organizations, right? And he understands that. And he's showing y'all, like, look, this is the power of manifestation, the power of the word, of the tongue, that you better learn how to respect. You just don't have no respect for it. He does. Same thing with James Brown. James Brown never said nothing negative about himself. Not one time. When you start looking into why you are having issues in your life, the first place you need to look is in the mirror. As I said, you have to know thyself and to thyself be true, the oracle of Delphi. Of Delphi. You have to sit down and be honest. To you. Any initiation in any type of order requires you to do a self-assessment. They're going to test you. He's going to do a character assessment of you. How well do you know yourself? How honest are you with yourself? How honest are you, period? Understand the principle of polarity. For every negative characteristic or quality you have, there's a polar opposite to that. If you're afraid, the polar opposite is courage. You see what I'm saying? Every, there are two sides to everything, a negative and a positive. List all the negative side things in your character and then list the positive polar opposites of those negative characteristics and construct for yourself some sort of, you know, affirmation and put it in now time because the past doesn't exist and the future doesn't exist. The universe only understands the eternal now. Somebody came out with a book called The Power of Now. That's why it's the great I am. I am. It's not I am going to be or I was. It is I am. You have, to, you have to be that which you wish to become. It has to be present in you first before it will manifest into the world. If you want happiness, you have to be happy. That's hard, ain't it? That's hard to make yourself happy because you're looking for your man to make you happy or your woman to make you happy. It make you happy. You have to be happy first, and then happiness will be attracted to you. Like somebody, a caller said yesterday, the kingdom of heaven, as, let it be in heaven as it is. Let it be on earth as it is in heaven. And the kingdom of heaven is what? In Luke 17, 21, it's inside of you. That was a great, great, great um, observation by that caller yesterday. If you want to manifest this paradise on earth, you have to have the paradise inside yourself. And this is what's going to liberate you. This is the great freedom that the Messiah was talking about a realization that the power already exists in you. He kept telling you over and over again, look at Mark 11, 22 through 26, for all of you trying to deny that the law of attraction is in the Bible. 
mountain. The mountain represents whatever issues in your life, whatever you think that you can't overcome. If you tell this mountain to be cast into the sea, and we have to qualify it, and do not doubt it in your heart, but believe the things that you have said as if they have happened. That is the eternal now. When you say it, and this is why you have to understand the spiritual, mental, and physical plane, because as soon as you think something, it exists. It exists in the mental plane. Now you have to slow down that vibration and manifest it on the physical plane. An example of that that goes through all those phases is water, solid, liquid, and gas. The thought is in the gaseous state. But you want to bring it down to the physical state, and that requires you to persistently keep thinking about it. And this is why they instituted prayer, because you, and this is why you have to write down your goals, because you have to remind yourself on a daily basis of where you're going or what it is that you're trying to manifest. Visualization, concentration, and imagination are your powers. When you go to Val Valerian's website, which is truefacts.org, you got the Matrix series. In there, they said the key, everybody in the world, if you want to change the world, they got to get y'all just to change your paradigm. And God, in, in American Gods, it was beautifully stated, he who controls the paradigm is God. He who controls your concepts about, these people control your concepts. That's why the Jews are in control of everything. They say it. We gave you your Messiah, Jesus. We gave you your Bible. Everything you believe, we gave to you. You haven't had an original thought on your own since you were born. Somebody gave you all the concepts that you have. You may even be able to fly, but you don't know it because that concept wasn't originally instilled in you. Like when a baby comes out of the womb already able to swim, they have to unlearn that ability not to swim. They have to be taught to be afraid. Ain't no fear. Fear is something that was taught to you. The universe was created in love. Where does fear have a place in that? Fear is an illusion. Fear is a phantasmagoria. Fear is false evidence appearing real. You got to get control of your fear and your doubt. Anyway. I think that's going to do it for me today. What time is it? I'm going to have to go now. I have some business I need to attend to. I like that. Yeah, that was that thing. Why worry? Can you do something about it? No. Then why are you worrying about it? <laughs> Can you do something about it yet and go do it, you know? Why are you worrying? Why are you sitting around thinking about it? And what I noticed, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to give you all a little key before I go. This is something that I noticed in my life that has helped me tremendously. I mean, it, it works even when I lose something around the house or if something negative happens. I just always say, it's going to turn out all right. Or it's going to turn up. I always just be on the positive. And it always turns up. I mean, I've lost watch you and just as soon as I put that positive thing out there I'm not going to trip it's going to come up it'll turn up I'm not going to trip I don't know why this happened you know I got denied this I got got denied this or this negative thing happened to me I don't know why but for some reason something better must be coming because that's usually what happens you got denied something because something better is coming 
You didn't get that particular man or woman because somebody better is coming. Because it's all about you being happy, and the universe wants you to be happy. And because the universe has the ultimate form of wisdom, more wise than you are, because you can't foresee all possible circumstances, it's going to bring to you the most perfect thing for you at the perfect time. And that's not on your time. That's what's called the law of allowance. You have to allow it to happen. This is what successful people understand when they get successful in their business, when they stop trying to force something to happen and just stay on their purpose and every day just trudge along, focused on what they're doing, and it just automatically happens at the appropriate time. You're not even thinking about it. That's why it tells you do something you enjoy doing. Because when you you do something you enjoy doing, you get lost in it, and then the success just kind of like it's a byproduct of it. You look around one day and – You're just successful. The law of allowance. Allow it to ask for it and allow it to happen. Ask for it and know that it's coming. Have an air of expectation. Have an air of of exuberance and, and, you know, of anticipation. Because when you understand the mechanics of natural law, it happens with an exactitude and a mathematical exactitude. That is the power that you have. Right? When you understand how the laws operate, that nothing is left to chance. Nothing is arbitrary and capriciously happening to you. You have the power of all things. You are a god. Peace to the gods. I'll see you all tomorrow. Same bad time, same bad channel. All right? 12 o'clock, y'all. Peace. See you tomorrow.